Don't suck on it. Just lick it a little bit. Coming to you from Beer Snob City, it's Beer Plus 3, where we attempt to solve world problems one beer at a time. Thank you, Jeff. I'm not Jeff. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> With me today is Lady Three of House Edwards. <laughs> Accompanying her is Lord Brandon of House Longwell. <laughs> oh, I don't know yet. <laughs> my things might change. <laughs> the House of Long. Well. <laughs> well. Long well? <laughs> and finally, it's me, the Bastard of Aberdeen. It's Wednesday, May 25th, 2016, and this is Beer Plus 3. Can I always call you the Bastard of Aberdeen? No. Oh, <laughs> no. you can. I, I'm, I'm hoping someday to be legitimized, but, you know. You're always going to be a, a cloudy rain. Time. Sorry. <laughs> That's I, our house sigil, a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you you nailed it and you you owned it just just the way uh, you really ought to own that title. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it just, I, yeah, I'm, it's kind of cool to be I'm a bastard now. Unhappy about it, yeah, that's true, that's true. Yeah, it's it's coming back. John Snow made it cool again. <laughs> I'm, I'm Although, bringing bastard back. <laughs> yep, you uh, don't know how to act. Yep. <laughs> So uh, we received a raven last week, bringing us news of the plans to join your houses. Um, So how's that going? How are you guys doing with it? Episode one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And? I think she locked up. (laughs) Uh, Well, we haven't filed for bankruptcy yet. Uh, That's always a plus. Yeah, good. And it it looks like it's going to be a heck of a party. I'm I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, We're going to catch up tonight. And still uh, lobbying heavily for um, having the kid that uh, brings the ring in uh, to either uh, dress as a hobbit and go with the bare feet. Maybe you can put a little uh, her in there. Yeah. Hair in their feet. Well, you, fantasy in general. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, carry the rings in uh, with a on a necklace around their neck and yeah. be the ring bearer. Oh, that would be awesome! I that totally would thought we were so talking cool. about Game of Thrones. I hear the word wedding, and I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, is it, oh, is this going to be the red wedding? Oh God! Now uh, we, we didn't have that in the budget. <laughs> We'll save so much on food costs, though. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Uh, gosh. You might want to avoid their wedding because they've got some unorthodox ideas about how to cut costs. Oh, man. We could could do this really affordably. We can do some social pruning while we're at it. It's healthy. You're supposed to socially prune every few years or so. Yeah. Just making sure it's permanent. Yeah, that's right. You're going to do it right. You're going to do it the way you should. There's no unfriending involved in this one. This is just, you know... (laughs) Cake or death. <laughs> it's very nice. So the other idea that was bandied around, and this one um, might not be uh, very original either, was um, get a little um, bear costume for the cute kid that carries the rings, and it could be they could be the ring bear. No, oh. no, not a costume. Maybe just some ears. My, okay, so the ring bearer is my cousin's youngest son. So I, my, I have ten cousins. Um, one of my cousins has three kids. She has two boys and a girl, mm-hmm. and the girl's oldest, and the two boys are younger. The right. older two children have been in every family wedding since they could walk. The youngest, everyone took a break from getting married. 
<laughs> and so he will go to weddings that aren't in the family and cry because he couldn't be the ring bearer. <laughs> and his brother and sister had to be the flower girl and the ring bearer at every one of our family's weddings. So the day that I, I so as soon as we decide we're going to have like some more pomp and circumstance, I call my cousin. I'm like, so does Sean want to? She goes, oh, my God, it'll make his year. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping he grows out of this, that it doesn't become like a, like a it's, thing. It's, it's the third child 30s. syndrome. It's third child syndrome. It's oh, pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> then when we eloped, Allie had to tell him, you know, sweetie, I don't think there's going to be a wedding. He started, he locked himself in his room and cried again oh. all night long. So I had to call how him again. Old? How old? Oh, God, Sean's probably like four. And he's that three emotional three, about three not four. participating in a wedding? That's yeah. that's interesting. I mean, I, I don't even know really what to say. I don't want to. He's say a very sensitive or, child. Yeah, he's a very sweet and sensitive child. Um, okay. Very much third child wants the attention. So um, you're, you're thinking he might not go for the full bear costume? No, because he wants to wear a cute little tie <laughs> and pants and be like sophisticated, like maybe, a little vest. And so I was thinking bear ears and well, a little tail. Well, maybe, maybe yeah. I can maybe I can bribe him. Uh, if if I let him on in on the whole red wedding thing and tell him if he wears the full costume, <laughs> I'll let him wear a flak jacket. Oh God! <laughs> but another thing we're thinking about is having the Legend of Zelda chest for the rings that yeah. goes da 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 da. Really, when really. You open it. What you should do is have him come in on a horse with a wolf's head. No. Oh, you know, oh, just kinda... yeah. Can we I, not traumatize my baby cousin, I, please? I, I've got a connection for small horses. Guys, yeah, okay, I can get go. you a small Guys, horse. There we go. You want baby, a small horse? I feel a plan coming into no. place. <laughs> you can it's, go marry yourself if you want. It's you all want. coming together. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're going to make such a great couple. Yeah. Veto. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I win. <laughs> Can't overrule. Yeah. So... Well, uh, th- this this beer podcast that we're um, in 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 the throes of. Yeah. Uh, w- what do we got here? This is a pretty good beer. This is all. I, it's another beer from Ecliptic. I don't know if we've ever had it on the podcast before, um, mm. but it's Phobos, the uh, single hop red ale, and it's very good. I like uh, it a lot. But, you know, uh, it being the first beer of the podcast, uh, I'm not sure if we're even going to be able to mispronounce it by the time we're done with it. <laughs> oh, I forgot. <laughs> I have to come up with epileptic. It's epileptic brewing. Epileptic. Phobos. <laughs> you know, I'm enough of a gaming geek to where when I hear Phobos, I immediately think of Doom. I, I cannot of, separate the two uh, in my head. I think of Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon, That's what? what Because everything's, everyone is named after a planet or a moon oh, or an okay. asteroid. So. Yeah. In the books, Sailor Mars, the, when she was a princess, had these two guardian um, spirits, um, Phobos and Demos, after the oh, planet, yeah. after the moons of Mars. And yeah. they get reincarnated as these killer bad guys who she needs to chop their heads off or something. It's pretty intense. <laughs> I'm not following all the character motivations, but I, I'll okay. take your word. Just go with it. Just, just, just roll with it. She's named after a moon of Mars, and she wants to chop people's heads off. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting that out of it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, so what's, what is your uh, beer aficionado opinion of the ecliptic Bobos? Delicious. <laughs> it smells so great. <laughs> it's got that great aroma it does have a good that, smell. that makes you so excited when you drink a beer. I, I like it. It's, uh, it's, it's got a little bit more character than your standard kind of dull one-note red ale that I'm 
grown so familiar with. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I like it. It's, it's got a little bit more bitterness to it, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I haven't had enough red ale to really know what to compare it to, but, um, you know, bottom line is I, I know what I like. <laughs> so, and this is, this is great. Yeah. And not to tease Brie, but it actually tastes a lot better than it smells. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a drinkable beer. Yeah. I mentioned to you guys earlier before the podcast started that I had finally watched a movie that, um, as I said, every time I told people I hadn't seen it, it was, it's one of uh, about five movies that when I say it, I get this look like, um, like I just threw up on on the person that I'm telling to, you know, they give me this shocked look like, what the, f- is there something wrong human? with you? Yeah, I know. Do you have feelings? Are so you? I finally, I'm just going to let the whole world know that I finally let watch The uh, Princess Bride. <laughs> I have a long list of movies that I missed from the 80s and 90s. That was one of them, and that was probably one of the more controversial ones. Always People always seem to, you know, like I said, they look so, at me. What did you think? I wish I had seen it back when it was back in the the time that he had had come out. This is one that I regret missing. Yeah, because I (laughs) I watch it now through the eyes of someone in 2016, and it's not. I can. It's a well made movie. I can appreciate the fact that it's not a lot of movies from that time period. A lot of especially fantasy movies are really fucking cheesy. And this was um not not too much in this to to get bothered by. It was supposed to be cheesy. Yeah, I think that's probably part of it was that it was supposed to be, you know, it was supposed to basically be reflecting the the story as the little kid is imagining it. Um whatever is the actor's name is, the little Would you really think a, yeah. a genuinely a genuine fantasy story has Mowage, brings us together. There's a lot of great Do stuff die. in it. Um, I, no. it's it's a movie that I I'm not going to seek it out again to watch it again. <gasps> but if it's ever on TV and I've got nothing better to do, I'll watch it. <laughs> Still not human. You, you know, Rick is not human. You know, Rick. It, it's so funny. Uh, the the fact that there are there's a whole period of movies that you know you you didn't bother to watch it yeah. reminds me so much of a coworker uh friend of mine mm-hmm. uh and he also absolutely loves blade runner mm-hmm. but there was a a major period of time when he didn't watch all of the like popular movies that came out yeah. he's he's actually around your age okay. and uh it's it's so funny one a running joke I'll I'll ask him if he's seen this movie or that movie yeah. after I've made some you know, quotable movie reference, and he just gives me this blank look, and it's it's totally not like, and and he's not awkward about it at all. He's just like, no, I've never seen that movie, uh, but I've read a review of it. He's <laughs> he's he, he's a huge reader, doesn't watch a lot of movies, yeah. and uh, he he reads so much, and he's such a fast reader that in order to be able to. Um, be be part of uh, a pop culture conversation. He's read reviews of a number of movies that he just said, you know, no, I, I didn't. I would. I didn't have the time for it. Yeah. So he doesn't get those quotes. But he's one of those people that can hold his own in a five minute conversation about anything from uh, nuclear fission to, um, you know, what what was in the front page of Esquire magazine yesterday. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I would ever substitute reading a review or any sort of summary for a movie for actually watching the movie. Though uh-huh. I'm not doing that with any of the movies that are on my list, even the shitty ones. <laughs> the, people that people, the ones that people are claiming you ought to just read a summary and then move on. <laughs> but um, that, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. The, the, I can really relate though to the to the whole. You know, people would would 
quote movies. I mean, that happens to me all the time. People and then will quote expect or reference. some sort of a reference. Yeah, and I'm and just, you're like, just what? like unapologetically. You're you're like mm, no, yeah, not, inconceivable. Yeah, that's, that's like one thing that people would say from the Princess Bride or the uh, I don't think that means what you think it means. And uh-huh. I'm just like, I, what, I, why did everybody at the table start laughing and yeah. I didn't? You, you you get to figure out. Okay, it's from that movie. Yeah, but the 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 portent behind it or you know the build yeah. up to it is like eh, okay well, yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I did like the movie i mean I, it, uh, it, for me it's about one out of every 10 movies that i'm watching off this list that i actually like mm-hmm. i mean that's that's really the the average with this so at least it's on the like side of the equation and not the dislike. I'm getting a really uh, evil vibe from uh, Lady Bree of House Edwards. <laughs> Very judgmental. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm about to ask. <laughs> yeah. What? Did you like Robin Hood Men in Tights? I haven't seen it. Now, I have never gotten that reaction from Robin Hood Men in Tights, but I have gotten that reaction. So I was actually listening to an interview with Rob Reiner. <laughs> I will the, watch it. <laughs> the director of Princess Bride yeah. uh, a few weeks back. And it was interesting. He was he was talking about a, a whole variety of movies that he was uh, a part of, usually director of. Yeah. And uh, he, when he was talking about uh, Princess Bride, the interviewer asked him, you know, what uh, what – what inspired you to do the princess bride because it was a book before it was a movie yeah. and apparently the the writer william goldman uh he was um he had some sort of a, a social connection to and had read some of his previous books hmm. but had hadn't to that point actually read uh the princess bride and it was i think his agent that um gave him the book and said, you know, you should read this. And he said, do you know, I actually know this author. Yeah. And uh, so the author was so stoked that he decided to make it into a movie that uh, he was uh, there at the filming of the movie right from day one. And the very first scene that they filmed for that movie was uh, in the fire swamp. Uh, oh. The first time that Carrie Elwes and uh, at the time, Robin Wright Penn, uh, uh were really developing any kind of chemistry was as they were going through the fire swamp mm-hmm. and in the w- within the first couple of hours of shooting uh they set Robin Wright Penn's dress on fire <laughs> and <laughs> and uh the the author William Goldman had kind of a panic attack he was like what are you trying to do you're 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 going to you're going to kill the leading actress you burning my <laughs> <laughs> like he was so invested in yeah. the idea of his movie or his book becoming a movie. Yeah. And he just freaked out on <laughs> Rob Reiner. And I guess like like I said, they they were friends before this point. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> I need to add that that, yeah. that you can find that interview on the Nerdist podcast. Oh yeah. Um, if you have any kind of questions about nerdy on, uh, ongoings and they've got really good interviews with actors and artists and directors, etc. Hmm. Um, good podcast. And yeah, they were interviewing Rod Reiner, um, two weeks ago. Two yeah. Weeks, yeah. So it's, uh, beginning of May. They're one of the earlier May podcasts. Yeah. Super That's good. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. I, uh, I, I was, uh, particularly fond of the, uh, the, I don't know why I found this so funny as the, uh. The tree, the the tree with the hidden door in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know why that struck me as as interesting. To me, it seemed like um, 
almost like a child's idea of where you would hide a door for something like that, you know? And <laughs> I'm watching this going, that's like, um, it, well, it's either like a, a child's idea of where you would hide a door or a really shitty DM's idea of where you would hide a door. <laughs> and the fact that they actually took it that seriously, I think, uh, was... or you know, played it into the story that series. It was very cool. Again, they're trying sure. to make light of it because it's a kissing book no, after I, all. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Now he gets all my jokes. <laughs> Is this a kissing book? I now understand. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the light. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? It's... Well, actually, I do. Here I go. <laughs> eat a peanut. Are you going to say grace before you eat? No. <laughs> There's no peanuts in here. That's right. I got to go find peanuts elsewhere. Okay, onwards. The reason I said that is because I saw an article this week about um, it was a what was her name for the Seattle PI Carolyn Hacks. Have you guys heard of her before? She's like the advice columnist. Okay, yeah. Very interesting question. Actually, was uh, she uh, received a question from somebody who said that uh, her her father in law comes to their house and she and her husband are atheists, but he insists that everybody prays before meals. And I'm I'm thinking that is like, a, and her her response is kind of wishy washy. It's almost like, well, it's just what he wants to do, and you know. Mm. Like, and I'm okay. like, no, <laughs> that's so, not what. That's not how that works. As someone who comes from a very religious background, yeah, surprise, who yeah. is not very religious in the least, surprise, surprise. Um, it was rule of thumb was that when you would go to a house of a religious person, yeah, out of respect. You know, put your head down, hands in your laps, and you let them pray. Yeah. No yeah. one fucking cared what you did. Um, when you go to the house of someone who doesn't participate in religious activities, mm-hmm. it is inappropriate to expect them to abide by your religion. Yeah. It is their house and it is their rules. Mm-hmm. If you want to say a quiet prayer and cross yourself or do whatever you need to do, praise the sun. That's your thing. Go do that. Don't expect to include people in it. It's rude. Yeah, isn't that weird? I, there was a on on uh, the Seattle PI's Facebook page. There was an awful lot. Of, well, there was a lot of people obviously coming to the obvious conclusion that you don't have any business imposing your ways on people when you're a guest in their house. But mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised at how many people were on there saying, "Well, what's the big deal? Just let them well, do it." What's the big deal? Well, and it's like, uh, uh-huh. that's it's one, where know, does that stop? Uh-huh. No, you yeah. let them let them do their prayer thing, but. They should not expect you to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, because it is you're making them conform to your religion in your in their own house. Yeah. So it's a matter of respect, and if this if these people want to put their foot down, mm-hmm. which if it really bothers them, it should. If it doesn't bother them, then pshht, why are you complaining? Yeah. Well, I just wonder about the other way around. The people who defend it, it's like so. If you're religious and you have atheist guests, and they insist that you don't say anything before the meal, are you going to go along with that and what say, "Oh, well, told, it's our guest"? When I don't so, want to, uh-huh. when I don't sure. want to pray, because yeah. I've had this conversation where I'm with my parents, I'm going to see my grandparents. Do I have to pray? Yeah. Um, I was very much the radical in my family. Well, do you do you I want have to, to eat? Pray? <laughs> it's like and they just say, "You know what? If you just close your eyes, they don't know the difference." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I close my eyes and sing songs in my head. Yeah. So, but then suddenly Bree starts feeling the spirit of the Lord and starts throwing her hands up in woo! the air. <laughs> no. I'm probably no, thinking about bare naked ladies. <laughs> I'll let you guys decipher what that means exactly. Capital B or not? <laughs> mm, it's a question. Hi, sweetie. Did you guys ever? So you were you were raised religious. What kind of? What was the religion? Um. So it was kind of confusing. Yeah. So my 
We went to a Presbyterian church that was all inclusive, mm -hmm. but my mom was Lutheran, so I was promised as a Lutheran as an infant. Yeah. Um, but my father's Baptist, like, and then my great my grandfather was super Baptist, like almost Southern Baptist, like. Yeah. Like I remember him telling me that God will stop will give up on me if I stop believing in fairies one day. Mm -hmm. That was an awkward conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but then, but, but Peter Pan. What about Tinkerbell? Yeah, <laughs> that guy down the street. He's kind of a. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was it was pretty like my grandfather was the kind of Baptist that used the belt on his kids yeah, when they were growing up. Yeah, he yeah. didn't do that to us. My grandpa is super sweet, very mellow. Mm -hmm. um, became entrenched in re uh, in the revelations and just for hours and Ugh. hours. I remember for years he would just study and study and study and study and study and have me proofread all of his work. Which was intense. It's yeah. kind of a, um, a few dark chapters in the book. I mean, well, he, it's not the fun chapters. I remember one day he not gets like up in Leviticus. front of our family for Christmas, <laughs> That's and he a fun starts <laughs> he starts to cry, and because he believes oh, wow. that, that the tribulation is coming before the next Christmas, and so he has all of us teens going, wow. "We're going to die when we're 16? Yeah, well, what? It's, it's scary stuff. It's dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> no. So it was super strict yeah. Baptist. The entire planet getting wiped out. Yeah, it's and then, dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then my dad started hating God after the divorce because he's like, God, I was the perfect husband and the perfect father. My family had a lot of issues. Yeah. But basically he's like, fuck God. So, okay, no more God. Yeah. But then there was a resurgence because my mom suddenly became super devout. And she's like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, we're going to every church on the planet until we find one that we like. Wow. But I don't want to. And then I was engaged to a guy for a while, my high school sweetheart, who was very strict Lutheran, like blood of Christ. Yeah. wafer chips that were stale. Um, and they were so Lutheran that when I said, you know, I'm going to marry this guy. I'd like to join your church out of respect for my partner. Just, I was told I'm no. I'm sorry. Should, shouldn't the flesh of the Lord be crunchy? This is like really soft. It was kind of soft. But, um, but no, I was told that I had to go through a rigorous the, like. The Lord's flaccid flesh. One month, one month training to join this church. Because. Um, because I'm not Lutheran, I was I was raised as a Baptist, even though I was promised as a Lutheran, I could not be a Lutheran. Mm -hmm. I was not allowed to be part of a wow. church. And that's why I went, fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it all. <laughs> I give up. I will find my own bliss somewhere else. Yeah. And then I became more worldly and smarter and you know, I was I, I was always a pretty open minded individual. I, I was the chick I mean yeah. that was breaking all the rules. <laughs> yeah. Always. But um you don't really play by the book. I don't. But <laughs> I really, that's when I, I think when I was, I think I was 19 is when I realized I really don't need religion. Yeah. At least not now. I think a lot of people hit it, hit it. That's when I, I mean, it was around that age where I started questioning mine. And I was raised by, I mean, I had, uh, my parents weren't so religious, but my grandmother was. And so it kind of filtered down to me. And she was yeah. fundamentalist. And the reason that this popped into my head is because of the speaking in tongues thing. She took me to a church once where people started doing that. And I remember as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, what the frick is going That's like just people in the pews started kind of freaking out. And mm -hmm. I went to a church where we basically I sat for know what the hell this two is. hours about why abortion is the product of Satan. <laughs> don't get an abortion. And they're showing, like, cut up genocide victims, infants on the screen. Oh, I'm like, what? I'm uncomfortable. This was over at Hillcrest over in Bellingham. Wow. It's like, wow. this is the most uncomfortable situation. It's like, you know, a lot of folks can't help having abortions. Are we really going to criminalize yeah. them because it's a health risk? Um, you know, it's like my own, my own, my own experience. Like I had a DNC, so it wasn't even an abortion, but I wouldn't have been allowed to do that in this church. Yeah. I would still have to carry a little thingy until it naturally just fell out, I guess. 
which wasn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> That's such a great, great description of how the whole process works. You have to carry this thingy around until it falls out. Pretty much. <laughs> but, um, no, it was... <laughs> Religion was always very extreme in my life. There wasn't like yeah. a, oh, we're yeah. cool with God. It's like, no, you have to be at church. You have to be in Sunday school. You have to be in Awana and then youth group after that, hated, then weekend club. I hated church. I considered myself pretty religious when I was a kid, but I hated church. I couldn't stand passion. it either. I just couldn't. Yeah, it was like, it was boring. I didn't understand. And I didn't go to it later on. I mean, my grandma used to drag me to it and I would sit there and be bored as hell. But um, it was just never, as I got a little bit older, I was like, eh, I don't want to yeah. do that anymore. I'm not going to go to that. I've embraced a decision that if. I need religion in my life. I will find it naturally and and want to embrace it. Yeah. I have not felt that need. I don't think I'm going to need it. Going to need it. I'm not saying I'm atheist or that I'm actively practicing atheist because no, I say practicing like it's a thing, but really, yeah. so at some point you can be so atheist that you're actually practicing atheism. Um, <laughs> I just acknowledge that there's different ways of viewing spirituality around the world and that you know it brings people peace and calm and hope and sure. radicalism if we sure. take it to an extreme. Yeah. Um, but... I feel that I will someday find one that fits me if I want it and when I'm ready. Yeah. There you go. Fuck it. <laughs> uh, prayer with me was, it, it was a non-subject. I, yeah. I, I was, I was raised in a household that didn't really have a formal religion and my grandparents uh, didn't really uh, push it very hard. Although I guess they were, they were all religious. Uh, you know, I didn't even know what denomination of religion they they practiced as I was growing up, and yeah. most of my friends, uh, their parents were not religious. So it it was one of those things when I did finally encounter it, and it was later in life. Like you know, it was by the time I'm like twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old, I'm starting to encounter uh, friends and friends' families who would say a prayer at dinner, mm-hmm. and it was it was kind of a new thing for me. You know, I I hadn't been indoctrinated nor really exposed uh and so it was really a a a point of well i was really ignorant to it i was Mm -hmm. and so i was really curious and asked a lot of questions and um i i guess i i somehow really kind of uh dodged that culture Mm -hmm. uh and so uh, and growing up, you know, and I'd ask my parents about it, they they would deflect it and turn it around on me when I would ask about God or ask about some of these subjects. Well, what do you think? Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I wouldn't be asking if I, I knew, you know. And so, you know. We this, have is, a, this is how the ancient Greeks learned. Yeah. We ask you questions and then you answer it. And then we go back to what we're doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's um, – it's funny. I, I always, you know, a lot. Of, I think a lot of people um, grew up with a lot of Protestants, at least, grew up with sort of um, like the religion was sort of a buffet. You know, it was like there was all these different things, and like uh-huh. maybe maybe you wanted some of that and some of this and some of that. <laughs> sure. Like, that's why I always felt like um, like I, I have the same thing. I don't know exactly which denomination we were. I have no clue. Oh, we knew. Yeah. We didn't hang out with them Lutherans. Oh, well, but yeah, but they're <laughs> filthy Lutherans. Who hung out I... with those? <laughs> but then when I went to go try to be a Lutheran, oh, you're a bap. I think it's just a thing. There's a, it's like the, um, is there, the, the is, jets and the Is there like a competitive kind of, uh, or like not competitive, bit. but like a uh, like a combative attitude amongst different? A little bit. It really depends I, I on. I never picked up on any of that. I mean, I, I probably went to all kinds of different churches. Well, it, it depends on how fundamentalist they get and how yeah. extremist they get and which branch. I mean, because, you know, there's the Jehovah Witnesses also get categorized underneath there, and so do Mormons. Yeah. And they're pretty selective. <laughs> and um, 
then you've got the you got three different versions of Baptist, three, yeah. which is hard to parse out. And then you've that's got three too many, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> and then you have Lutherans and the Episcopal, Episcopal, Episcopal. I can't. I don't know. In the Anglo Anglican, I don't know. It doesn't there's so, matter. There's but it doesn't matter. In the end of the day, they're there, all the same. There's always one <laughs> fundamental value that separates them. Only yeah. one, yeah. and it because of that one issue. Yeah. They all don't get along. I mean, yeah. you'll most often, most most people who are in Christian groups are pretty chill, but you'll always meet that someone who is just totally got a bug up their butt, and they're like, "Oh no, no, no!" Yeah, they are sinners, and they are going to hell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I I want to interrupt here and point out that Brandon uh, on the Richter scale, how is this for a, for a uh, head on the beer? Oh, wow. that's a Brandon can't pour today. <laughs> yeah. I, I would argue that I intentionally poured that beer with the right amount of head for this beer. No, he was he was pouring it ironically. He was he was, kind of like, <laughs> was pouring like, it yeah. ironically. So you're a head hipster? <laughs> uh, I'm not. So um, I, I found a beer article this week uh, that that uh, connects to this point, which is that uh, here's the headline: Finally, a gadget for beer lovers who can't pour beer. A headline. <laughs> I need to get that person over at Coulson. Yeah. <laughs> I did that ironically too. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a Japanese company named Takara Tomi. Their product is, and this is that you have to be Japanese to come up with this product and name, but here it is. It's the Beer Hour Stadium Foamy Head Dispenser. And apparently mm. it's a little device you put on top of a can or bottle, and it will apparently uh, uh, let the, or dispense the beer with the perfect amount of head. Really? Yeah. The, I'll give you the, the perfect amount of wh- head. The wine snobbery <laughs> has finally managed to make its I way made into Rick the beer. Look at him blush. Oh no, culture. I'm not blushing. I'm so, naturally getting, pink. Getting drunk. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> that flush is not embarrassing. Yeah, it's inebriation. Uh-huh. I went so, to very progressive churches. goddammit. it, that's not okay. an embarrassment. <laughs> so, th- th- so that's that's awesome. Um, you know, thinking about uh, well. I don't know if awesome is quite the right word, but I, I remember the first time that I ever saw uh, one of those aerators uh, oh, yeah. for you yeah. know people that drink red wine. They pour it through the aerator to, uh, you know, get it just the right amount of um, whatever oxygenation or, you know, right. aeration, I guess. Yeah. It's a pretty uh, self-evident name for the device. but uh, They like their beer to be Aryan. Is that what uh, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> Is that not the right word? That's probably not the right word. <laughs> well, it depends on whether or not you're drinking Mer- yeah. Merka beer. <laughs> From it's a German beer, so probably. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so and so the presumption there is every beer ought to have the same degree of head. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then? That's, um, that's because, a good point. That's because a good point. I, I wonder if different, I mean, it seems to me like different types of beers ought to be poured differently. Uh, whether or not it's bottle, bottle conditioned or not, or is uh, there a is there a yes? <laughs> we just had a spill. <laughs> good, good aim, Bree. Good aim. Yeah. There's a towel over there if you want to use that, or you could always knit yourself one if you felt you know. <laughs> just for uh, for people who aren't watching the video feed, she's knitting while we're while we're podcasting. Knitting's fun. <laughs> the video feed, yeah. Whatever. Uh, I should, I'm sure there's a video feed. Somewhere. You know, I'm 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 feeling kind of uncomfortable. I think I'm gonna put my clothes back on. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Rick likes looking at you. It automatically pixelates any uh, naughty parts, so and don't I, worry about it. And okay. I like looking at you. You're okay. <laughs> so, so, um... That's so. What could you give like a rule of thumb about how how would you determine how much head should be on a beer? I'm trying to talk <laughs> without laughing while Breeze over there making faces like she's having the best orgasm <laughs> of her life. Per- performance art. No. <laughs> no, no, I'm not interested. After that reaction, this, it's all this, yours. This is love. called painful orgasm. <laughs> painful orgasm flavored beer. <laughs> I just had a sip of kombucha town's uh, guayusa mint. <laughs> it's mint kombucha. It is not tasty. Kombucha. It's delicious like a clitorectomy. Min- <laughs> <laughs> Can we not be violent, please? That is horrifying. <laughs> Sorry, inappropriate. Crossed a line. <laughs> so, anyway, back to <laughs> good beer head. <laughs> God damn it, guys. <laughs> oh. So... Uh, you know, I, I don't know if there's really a standard as far as the, the type of beer and the, you know, uh, amount of head that you get, obviously, well, not obviously, but from my experience, the thicker the beer, yeah. uh, you know, the less, um, carbonation there's going to be. And, okay. but that, I mean, I think that also just depends on the bottling of the beer because I've had really dark beers that, uh, just explode when you pour them, you know, right. like, um, well, I don't know. Um, Belgians, for instance, uh, I, th- I think um, it might have something to do with the yeast. You know what? I'm talking out my ass, Rick. <laughs> I don't really know. But like, uh, I, I, I do know that there so, are I was uh, taking it seriously, so that was, uh, In, you were doing a good job. Hold the phone. In the spirit of Mike Zamora, isn't the intern supposed to look that shit up, Brandon? Get on it. <laughs> oh, Mike. I and, miss you. Thank you, Brie. <laughs> and in the spirit of Jeff, you're fired. <laughs> no, so, so um, th- but there's no there's no general rule of thumb. Like a darker beer, wouldn't you wouldn't have more head on a darker beer versus a... It's, a, like, it's harder to get uh, more head more on a darker beer. Oh, is it? Yeah. Beer. Yeah. I, I've... I think I've done okay. <laughs> Rick, you, you Rick may- you're just happy if half of the beer is not head. That's true. <laughs> if so, you can get 50% straight beer. So, I'm just happy if I'm looking at the rest of the podcast and everybody's not giving me a look like I just farted. Did you fart? <laughs> no, I didn't. But, you know, that's the look I get. I get that. What the hell? <laughs> Inconceivable. <laughs> Very nice. I know you want to try it. So you want me to try combustion? Is it kombucha or kombuka? Kombucha. Kombucha. I think. So it's mint kombucha. It <laughs> smells like vinegar. I've never had kombucha, it's so a, I don't even it's, know. It's what, fermented. I have no it's fermented shit. It's kind of like vinegar. <laughs> it's fermented shit. <laughs> That's the official term. Yeah, but it's not, not terrible. I didn't hate it. Oh God. <laughs> we're, we're Maybe it's because I'm going from lavender to mint. I'm like it over be. it. Yeah, that that's a big change. Ugh. So so here's an interesting one in getting back to the whole aeration of wine mm-hmm. and the pouring of the beer. You know, you know. I, was, well, I don't mean to cut you off, but you know what that actually reminds me. Of? That reminds me of uh, like after you're coloring Easter eggs. If you picked up one of the cups, I'm just gonna. Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Get a little vinegary kind of taste okay, to it. I'm, that's all. I'm kind of dying to taste it. I'm, I'm gonna have to taste it. Now. Mint kombucha. Com- kombucha town what is it we might as well make it an official drink um, so i've been drinking kombucha town i had the first one which was the lavender which actually for kombucha wasn't bad yeah but i'm not really a kombucha person yeah um this one is the guayusa mint g-u-a-y-u-s-a mint 
and it's not bad at all. <laughs> it's great. Don't, don't hold it in, Brandon. It's I not that kind of thing. It. Let it out. <laughs> Please, everyone, you need to go out and get this one. It's made it, with it can't be missed. organic <clears throat> wave cement tea so with organic Ceylon black tea and sugar and kombucha culture. And that is from Kombucha Town. They're down at the uh, bottom of the uh, back Belly. end of the Bellingham Herald. Yeah, building. they're in the ass end of Bellingham Herald. <laughs> That's um, I, it's not. I've never had kombucha before, and I was expecting something much. Di- I thought it was more of a tea flavor, which I hate tea. So I was no, expecting... it's it's so what it is. It's fermented fruits or veg or it's it's basically you know like probiotics. Mm-hmm. It's the liquid form of probiotic. Okay. So gotcha. um, it's probiotic. It's fermented. Um, teas or herbs or fruits whatever yeah and then pool together with a little bit of vinegar let's see here what's, what's in it in water kombucha culture organic mint tea organic black tea and sugar hmm. that's pretty much it okay and it's supposed to be good to balance your digestion and make you feel good and clean out your insides um hipsters love this stuff i'm just drinking it because it's fizzy hmm. and that's what brandon brought me so fizzy yeah. for me that's not bad I, I i did not expect it when you passed it across the table i didn't expect to like it but it's getting better it's now that I'm bad. getting now that I'm bad. drinking more of it, but I think it's because I went from lavender to mint. Yeah. That was a bad idea. <laughs> Should have went the other way. Yeah. So um there was an article that we were talking about before the podcast about the uh, about a discovery, an archaeological discovery in uh, China that I thought was actually worth bringing up on the podcast because it was a uh, apparently some uh some archaeologists discovered some beer making tools or or uh equipment. I'm using that term very loosely and uh in a an archaeological uh, dig in China, and I guess it's five thousand years old. And the interesting thing about it was the uh, I'll just read part of it, which is the uh, the majority of the grains w- when they examined the uh, the stuff, you know, the equipment for for traces of what they you know to give some clue as to what what the makeup of the beer was. They uh, they said the uh, majority of the grains, about eighty percent, were from cereal crops like millet and barley. And about ten percent were bits of tubers, including lamb, yam, lamb, <laughs> yam, and lily, <laughs> which would have been sweetening, which would have sweetened the brew. Um, I'd be worried they use well, lamb tubers. Well, the, <laughs> <laughs> whoa! I know the Mongolians fermented uh, horse milk for a long time. Yeah, that was that was kind of their thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were apparently Dothraki. Is that? I think that's where George R. R. Martin got the uh, that yeah. little that tidbit sense. of culture from. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was it was a real thing. I talked with someone who's tasted it, and yeah. uh, well, they tasted it. And <laughs> once, yeah, that was, that's, that's all they needed to, to have. Just yeah, that's apparently that's it's an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of like kombucha. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I guess I guess the big surprise here, and I didn't catch it until they, they explained it in the article, was the uh, presence of barley. I guess there was only records. It was believed at that point that barley, what was it? That it was uh, only in China 2,000 years ago, but now we have 5,000 years back, and here's evidence that they, they had barley. So I guess for, for beer nerds, it's like a big... Big a, moment for yeah. everybody. Everybody else in the rest of the world just like. Eh, and, okay. and where's the article from? So we can go Google it. It is from sciencemag.org. Although I, th- I saw a few articles about it online, so it's it's apparently it's big news out there. You know, the yeah. big barley existed five thousand years ago in China. It was like maybe I should uh, t- make big. that a uh, beer or a trivia question. And I go. Yeah. 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 There you go. Did yeah. okay. Bree's, Bree's been doing the trivia night. Yeah, I oh, do yeah. okay. Top middle of the pack every night. Yeah, <laughs> top. Middle. I came in second place two weeks ago. Came in fourth place last uh, yeah. this week. So yeah. top middle of the pack. There's usually about twelve teams. Yeah. So yeah. huzzah! Although there's three top, teams. No top, one... 
top middle. I don't mean to cut you off, but top middle of the pack is what I mean numerically. Where does that put you? Like above fourth. mediocrity. Oh, okay, okay. I was expecting <laughs> to hear something like it's, like twenty third. It's fourth place usually is where I'm at, but there's usually about three teams that tie. Yeah, okay, yeah. And it's the same. So in Bellingham, the trivia circle is pretty tiny. Yeah. There are three trivia groups that go to every single trivia night in town, and they always win and it just makes me angry like let gr- the little guy win <laughs> trivia, trivia groupies is that yeah no is? there's a there's second trebek the metro lexuals the uh, sweet home alabama hill and there's one more team that just every time oh i'm just like my God. eyes roll so hard i'm like of course you are in first and second place i fucking hate you i love this i didn't know there was a trivia subculture out there this reminds me yeah. have you guys ever seen the king of kong the the documentary about no. the guys who competitively played Donkey Kong. Oh my gosh, years ago. Yes, yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. seeing That's that. That's what I'm picturing right now. I'm picturing people <laughs> in the competitive, you know, in the trivia subculture, like or you like know, slam poetry you know, people. So, <laughs> some of them seem reasonably well adjusted. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. you know, upstanding members of society yeah. and not like complete troglodytes no, living in their mother's basement. <laughs> no, they're all, it's, it's all, it, it all varies. And then, um, Depending on where you're at, you know, there's pint questions where you can get beer taken off your tab for winning or growlers. I came home with beer glasses the other week. Um, gift cards to Colshin, to Archers, to um, I think there's – they have trivia night over at Ishka's once a month for movies trivia night specifically. So mm-hmm. there's prizes there. So it's actually – it's a lot of fun and the hosts are hysterical. Um, but it's a really good excuse to sit with some friends and just drink beer all evening. Mm-hmm. On a Monday. Do, do you think do the do, when trivia people practice? Is it kind of like I'm picturing kind of like Rocky, where they're like do, they're do, like do, climbing do, the do, stairs do, do, and like do, do, punching the meat, and they're and they're and they're they're uh, you know their their coach is standing off to the side. What's the capital of Wyoming? I used to know that one. Oh. No, it's what's the name of the Mongol dynasty that ruled China for? It's it, it, ninety eight years. Well, see, the only thing that they really need to worry about at this point is what's trending in the news. There's always a what's going on in the news. Yeah. Um, but it helps to have someone who's who's yeah. knowledgeable about the 60s and 70s and the 80s and 90s and then today and then history to like different areas. Like one time we had a Shakespeare night. One time we had a world history night. Mm-hmm. One time we had jazz. Jazz was on Monday. So mm-hmm. we had they, popular jazz music. They break music. it up pretty good. Uh, the, mm-hmm. I've, I've participated in a, a trivia night where there was an entire uh, portion devoted to professional wrestlers. Mm. That was a one yeah. a long ago, uh-huh. not the one that I go to anymore. That one was too. <laughs> I, that no. one was too specific. So how the topics but, get? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. How the topics get chosen? Yeah. Um, there are certain areas that every that the ones that I go to at Colson that they touch. So there's always a picture round. There's always a music round, and there's a theme for the music trending in the news, and then a couple of topics like starts with the letter F, starts with the letter E, or something about that day. So last mm-hmm. on Monday it was. Um, it was Ken Jennings' birthday, so we had a lot of Jeopardy questions, like old Jeopardy <laughs> questions that were played on May 23rd, 2000, yada, yada. Did you have to answer in the form of a question? We did. <laughs> and we won that whole category. Oh, good. But then awesome. they always have a, and then they have an all request. So pe- so yeah. you're able to at, put in questions. So like I put in Legend of Zelda, dog questions, knitting questions. And then the next week there's a knitting question or a dog question. No, no um, Firefly questions? No, not yet. Oh, but, okay. at, but at um, Archer's, you can bribe the um, the hosts who have a full round underneath your one category. So if you give your host a 20 oh. and ask for this, this, and this, it's going to be that, that, and that. So like Brendan's referencing professional one. Professional wrestlers. Yeah. Picked out <laughs> professional res- wrestlers. Whereas the ones, which is why I like Colshins better than Ar- Archers, yeah. is because they don't actually make a full category based on a request. 
Like I did um, 90 cereal commercials. Yeah. I got one question about 90 cereal commercials, but they weren't going to make a whole category based on that because it's not fair. It's too specific. <laughs> so so on a Monday night, if you ever want to see some partially drunk people, like all sitting together quietly staring off into space, yeah. kind of making these pained expressions as they like look out the window. And, like, and trying I, to fathom what it was I, that Mikey liked. I, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like I knew that. Once in my life. Is it Lucky Charms? God, I what feel is Lucky old. Charms? Is this early onset Alzheimer's? Is well, this they, what it feels like? They also, um, they also, they also started like incorporating things like questions, you know, uh, wait, wait, don't tell me, which is a oh, show yeah, on NPR. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they're add on words, you know, the beginning, middle, and end. So we had one. Oh, that's cool. And it ended up being George Michael Douglas MacArthur. So, no. <laughs> yeah, like, so, like, they have different questions, so they really make you think, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, uh, it's usually just me and my friend Stephanie, and we're called the little team that could, because it's just two of us, and at Archer, or not, not Archer, at Colson, you can have up to six people. Right. So it's just me and her against six people every week. Uh, so Well, teams of six people. Teams up, up, of six people. You can't oh, have any more than oh. six, but every team is about four to six people, and we only have two. Yeah. But lately, a couple, two out of three weeks Recently, we've been pairing up with another duo Mm -hmm. who are substantially older than us, about 20 to 30 years older than us. And so they're able to pick up the questions that Stephanie and I have no knowledge about. And then we can fill in what's trending in the news and pop culture and millennial stuff. And we've actually been doing really well. It's kind of neat. That's cool. Yeah, there certainly can be some tactic to putting together a, a trivia team, you know, have someone that knows a little bit about music and someone that knows a little bit about sports, someone that knows a little bit about science, you know, there's all the major categories and uh, a good trivia night. will have a little bit of all those. So Mm -hmm. this go to Colshin Monday nights at eight uh, for the summer hours. It's eight to 10 winter hours. It is six to eight. And then K two Wednesday nights at the same time, same hosts. Hmm. Archers has one every Sunday at six, seven o'clock. Uh, seven to nine, and then movie trivia the third Tuesday of every month at Ishka's, starting at six. And hey, even if you don't want to go there to participate in the trivia, go there and have some awesome beer, right? Yeah. Or play trivia and win free beer. Yeah. Up okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> even better. I like that idea. Tangentially speaking, <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't know. This beer. Uh, this is the second time we've had this beer on the podcast. The Melvin Hubert MPA. Uh, well, second time for me. Um, so, Brandon, what do you what do you think of the Hubert? I I love Melvin beer. Yeah, uh, I, I actually heard uh, news that um, Melvin was going to be setting up some uh, some local uh, mm-hmm. um, establishments, and so I saw some various Melvins at the uh, store, and I bought a few of them. I I love uh, the the I guess the bouquet of melvin beers the way yeah the the way they hop their beers (laughs) uh are is so fresh i mean i think it's a combination of the quality of the hops and uh either the amount or the uh the technique that they used when they when they dry hop them because uh they they really nail it yeah pleasure to drink their beers melvin is is like wander um i don't know that i've ever had anything by them that i i didn't love and yeah. I don't mean just just you know tolerate or like it. It was it, like every single time, every time we've had something by Melvin on the show and elsewhere. It's just I, every time I, I love it. 
And yeah. uh, this is this is no different. And uh, there's a little bit of a I, I have a little bit of a mystery to solve with Melvin's beer because on the side of that can it says six percent alcohol, but you get two of those cans in me, and <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of a, a like a chemical effect that's happening. You know, when you get two different <laughs> Melvin beers in you, um, it doesn't feel like six percent. And I don't know if there's a way to explain that or not. Um, there probably is. You yeah. know, the sugar content would probably impact how it affects you. Yeah. Um, the first time I'd had two of those, I had two cans of that on an empty stomach. And then afterward, I thought, well, duh, that was on an empty stomach. But right. I did it again after having eaten, and it's, I had the same effect. Really? It's I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if maybe they're just underestimated. Maybe this, this six is, rounded up to 12, maybe. Have you guys know. read the side of this can? This is your, no. this is your cheap date beer, is it? <laughs> Hold on, Brandon. So this is from Melvin Hubert. Good to know, ladies. Yeah. It says, Dear Enjoyer, yes. Hubert, if I didn't know you better, I might take you for an IPA. But after one sip, I knew you were a pale ale. With your sleek, sophisticated approach to life and your general debonair, you smell of hoppy pleasure and the balance you possess is stunning. I promise not to underestimate you. Don't hate. Party. (laughs) Very nicely delivered. Oh, there we go. See, I'm not the only uh, person on the podcast who apparently is uh, beer-pouring... Uh, challenge. Yeah, Brandon's brand. You, you guys want me to pour beer? I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> That's fine. It's always fun just yeah, to be able to say? tease people about it on the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> what is it that you just poured? Uh, th- this one's the two by four. This oh, okay, is there, right. uh, and this is a nod to Mike. They're Dippa. Ah. So, dear enjoyer, the two by four has a stupid amount of hops layered on a light <laughs> malt base that gives way to the notes of pine, citrus, and tropical fruit. While there are many great beer wow. styles from the past, think of this beer from the future. <laughs> Hashtag two times four. Yeah, there you go. It's not so that's as funny. A beer, that's not a as beer. Funny it's a beer from the future. The future. <laughs> so he used the, a. The, this one is uh, a pretty frisky beer right here. Not nine point nine percent. Oh, this is not a six. Okay, so, so is least... there a possibility that maybe you might have been drinking? This no, one? no, no, no. It was the it was the Hubert. He had a bunch of. I Hubert. have cans oh, of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a whole six pack in there. Six All pack. Right. Okay, so if with Melvin six percent alcohol is roughly equivalent to twelve, what is nine? <laughs> <laughs> Only for you though, Rick. So, so, so okay, so maybe is, that's what it is. Maybe I have the. Uh... Is this a flat equation or is this like exponential? Are we? Are we? Is oh this God! Be I hope like not, a... because it, then it's basically like Bacardi one fifty one. Yeah. Is that, if this is it goes like the Richter scale, <laughs> yes. Um, again, exact same reaction. It's this is this is excellent. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had this. Um, Keep telling great. you more. I will tell you more. Would oh, you like me? Lord. Would you like me to tell it to you in this voice? <laughs> um, depends. Am I gonna get locked in the basement? How, how about in this voice? I got some beer down in the basement. If you want to come on in. <laughs> Oh my God. I can't tell you the pervert from oh, Family wow. Guy or Mr. Hanky. Oh, that's the pervert. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are stupid. Both of them. It's Stop. the beer. It's the beer talking. Uh huh. <laughs> sure. Now, now, what what voice would this beer have? <laughs> <laughs> would, would, would it be that last one? I don't have future. <laughs> 
I, I don't know that any brewery would appreciate me characterizing their beer as a child molester. <laughs> so probably. That, that's fair. Really that's fair. But, you know, I, I feel like there's a, a good potential in... Uh, no, maybe not. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, you, you could become a, a, a voice actor that only characterizes beers. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> that's a definitely a niche, yeah, but, but, <laughs> niche <laughs> industry. <laughs> Pay me to a drink of... a six pack of your beer, and then I'll talk like your beer. <laughs> <laughs> you can use it in a commercial. I will channel okay, your that's beer. A dumb idea. I will speak to you yeah, as your beer. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know the giant uh, merger, the beer company mergers that we've been talking about uh, occasionally on this podcast. The uh, the merger of Miller and InBev has taken another step closer to reality. Um, the uh, it's interesting. The uh, there's there's some stories out that the European Commission is going to approve the merger, which uh, will make them. And uh, you mentioned earlier that it's going to put them in the position of selling one one out of every three beers sold is going to be one of theirs. Uh huh. Which is scary, but I, I was reading one of the articles, and there's a there was a, a little silver lining to this, which I was surprised to see. And of course, it's the Europeans forcing this. Not I don't think I don't think the U.S. forced any concessions uh, yeah. out of them for it. <laughs> of course, we, you know our attitude is, oh, you're gonna be a lot bigger. Yeah, uh-huh. that's good. You guys uh-huh. are gonna be like a gigantic company. You're gonna be bigger than the planet. You guys are gonna be <laughs> engorged. <laughs> We're gonna have to stake out space on Americans the moon for you. Issues with penises, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Just because my corporation is a little bit small doesn't mean we can't produce. <laughs> god damn it, stop. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, it's about quality, not quantity. We're drinking Melvin beer here. They will not sell out. I, I can't believe that Melvin will ever sell out. Oh, I hope not. That would really make me sad. There's certain breweries, or I wouldn't care one way or the other, and some of the ones that have already... That I won't name names, but Mike is very upset about a couple yeah. of them. I just died in. Hell yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's been uh, a few that I was, I was a little heartbroken about. Yeah, um, I think Deschutes would upset me. I think Wander obviously would upset me. I, I don't, don't think Wander's ever. It's Bellingham. Anything in Bellingham is protected because we're, yeah. we like small. Small yeah. is good. Have you seen how small structures is? Yeah. It's popular though. Yeah. Well, I, I think with the local movement, at least in this part of the world, it would be. Um, uh, economic suicide for uh, oh right for a non-local company to buy out a brewery and it be publicized and right. how could they not right. make it public? That yeah yeah I think um, but you know of course the the other end of that is well we're going to get all kinds of exposure and and distribution that we would never have been able to afford you know otherwise sure. so but yeah I don't know yeah you would definitely be dead to Bellingham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's true, but uh, the European Commission actually forced them to sell off some of their existing brands, which oh, really? is interesting. So, um, Peroni, Grolsch, and Meantime, and Japan's uh, Asahi—I've never heard of these. Uh, Grolsch, I've heard of, but I've never mm-hmm. heard of the others. Yeah, but they were—they've forced them to actually pare down some of the brands that they own and, and sell them off. Uh-huh. So it's kind of an interesting um, side effect that you know this merger is actually causing the reverse. You know, some of these companies to be sold off and to become independent again, mm-hmm. 
which I think is kind of cool. Um, I don't know how far that'll go. And obviously, like I said, the U.S. doesn't seem to give a rat's ass about that either way. But at least somebody <laughs> thought to make that concession. Sure, sure. And and that's that I I'd count that as a silver lining, yeah. but it at the same time it wouldn't surprise me to find out that uh, you know the commission left it up to InBev to make that decision themselves. I imagine that they would be leaving it up to InBev to make the decision of who they decided to turn loose of. And, yeah, you know, allow to become their own entity and yeah, uh, that's probably that's there's, there's probably a very tactical decision there. I mean. Uh, when I think of uh, Grolsch, uh, it, it's it's kind of the yeah <laughs> the the, bla- I, the blats of uh, <laughs> Europe. <laughs> but have you have you ever had oh, blats? Thanks for it. No, I haven't actually, <laughs> no. but I know what you mean by it. And you know, and thanks for thanks for peeing on the silver lining, Brandon. That was really nice of you. <laughs> I, do, I do my best. <laughs> To me, I always when I look at big companies merging like this, I always think of uh, my my standard joke is Circuit City and Blockbuster when they merged. You know, it was oh. like um, is that I'm just thinking, happened? yeah. Oh, did you stupid. did you not know about Circuit uh, City and Blockbuster? Uh, no, I didn't know. They I were both could... on the on the. They were both in a major downturn at that. I point. I knew that they were. They all. They both went out at the same time. I didn't know they had merged. Yeah. Well, it was I an effort to, to try to know. fight back against. Um, Best Buy kind of eclipsing the yeah. market. Yeah. And uh, I think there was also some uh, thinking about it would somehow counter Netflix, which was, <laughs> man, I don't know about that. I think uh-huh. that's not going to work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's um, that's weird. I I, um, I hated Blockbuster, so I was happy to see that. <laughs> Did you guys, you guys are, you guys were, uh, I know this is going to make me sound like an old man, but you guys, <laughs> you guys have memories of going to video stores, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. I yeah. actually still have a dispute with one of them. <laughs> really? I don't think they so, exist anymore. Okay. No, no. They do, actually. Oh, okay. So what happened, and there's an article in the news about this a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, Hollywood Video and Blockbuster still retained all their late fees or missing videos and sent it to a collections agency. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had a late video with Hollywood Video. I turned that video in, but Hollywood Video went under about three weeks under. Three weeks later. Yeah. And my father, many years later, got a phone call asking for me. And it was a collections agency saying that they were threatening to ding my credit because I had a uh, $7 late fee for a movie that I remember distinctly turning in because, yeah. And so basically what's going on, it it happens all, is happening all over the country and um, people have been being dinged by these extra fees and fines and people are like, I don't want to pay you 20 bucks I turn this movie in, like they hold on to, and this is where they yeah. kind of figure out how Hollywood video was kind of scamming people. Cause it's like, there are a lot of people that no one keeps the receipts. No one even thinks back that far. And you needed in order to get out of that, um, collection issue, you had to show proof documentation. of documentation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but who keeps documentation of when you took a video back? Oh, you honestly. Know? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and what sort of documentation do you have? Most people, Shoot it's, it in the drop slot and walk away. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it but works. I remember the, handing it to the guy because it was I, I had it was Terminator Two. Yeah, a friend of mine had never seen it before. I so we watched Terminator Two, mm-hmm. and I was a day late because I had a final the day before. Yeah, and I remember talking to a guy with curly hair. He was tall, skinny. Um, I 
kind of looked like he didn't shower that day. Like, this is how well I remember this moment because I ended up, I think I fell over. Something traumatic happened and I just, it's ingrained in my brain forever. Um, but yeah, no, I was like, so my dad's calling me. He's like, we've gotten like six phone calls and letters in the mail. I'm like, in the last month for a video I rented like four or five years ago because I was a junior in college. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I would, I was, I was getting ready to start graduate school. So I'm like, what? Really? Mm-hmm. Really? So they're still out there. Um, and basically, Dad told him that he wasn't going to give out any more of my personal information, wasn't going to give out my phone number, where how to contact me. They don't have my social security number because ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Um, so what are they going to do? Well, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, one of the, that, almost exactly that same story happened to me. And when that happened, I remember thinking, did I actually screw up somehow? Is it me that did this and I caused this situation? And what's funny is over the years, every time I bring up Blockbuster or, or you know, uh, any other any other video stores, it seems like these this is like a common occurrence. Yeah, and yeah. I, I there's no shortage of people with this exact same story. You screwed oh, yeah. up if you paid uh-huh. them because it's a it's a scam and it was yeah. a huge deal. Right. Yeah, I I, I yeah. had a, a story something like that, but yeah. it was still while Blockbuster was still going strong. Yeah, and uh, there was a Mexican food restaurant. Uh, Right next door to uh, a blockbuster that we used to go to all the time, me and some of my friends uh, years ago, you know, probably what, at least 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And we would always go to this Mexican food restaurant and have uh, dinner and way too many margaritas and then end up over at the blockbuster. Mm -hmm. And I... I early on I That's rented just videos. A bad start to oh, an evening. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna so tequila drunk, <laughs> not, like not just like a little bit buzz, but tequila drunk. Yes, yeah. Wandering around the <laughs> rental aisles, like looking for a rental, and I'm willing to acknowledge that I probably forgot to you know return something. Anyway, I got yeah. I got dinged, uh, you know, ten dollars or something, and I was really bent out of shape about it, and I I. I capitulated. I just said, "Fine, whatever. I'll I'll pay it. Whatever. I'm I, I'm, I'm not going to fight this on principle." Yeah. But what ended up happening that instead, uh, my my survival instinct was to recognize that maybe I wasn't responsible enough to remember to return my videos, and so I started just buying the movies off of the like the bargain uh, bin. Yeah, that's smart. And I ended up with just bookshelves and bookshelves of DVDs that, you know, like buy three for $15 or something. So I've got all these DVDs of questionable taste that I swear every single one of probably a hundred DVDs or more. I can, I can confidently say are all. It's fun watching you tell the story and gauging the mood over to your left. (laughs) Oh yeah. Brie may not be entirely impressed with my DVD collection. Like, I've got... Collection, he calls it. Important mess, I He's basically got his own video store, right? You go yeah. in, you take something. Yeah. Later on, he tries so to send you to videos, a collection my, agency. My movies and my CDs and my video games all fit on one shelf. We need mm. two now. Like, And when I say shelf, I mean like book, like five yeah. foot bookcase. We need right. two of those mm-hmm. plus more. I, I've got a pretty uh, substantial now collection. I know, now I know your wedding gift. <laughs> and and, and uh, the, the, the selection of DVDs are not like, you know, fun kids' movies or comedies. It's like, eh, and there's Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. And 
leaving Las Vegas and uh, the, the, the all these, biodome, right? Yeah, well, no, not biodome. Like they're all like there's a there's they're a pretty sad and depressing, pretty movies. substantial oh. like oh here's one about like uh, a foreign film about a guy who uh, is a quadriplegic and wants to commit suicide and his story of like fighting <laughs> to on it. It was good being allowed material. to uh, yeah, okay. commit suicide. Yeah. Legally. <laughs> no, Brandon's like, I've got so many great movies. Why don't we watch any of my movies? I'm like, because I want to slit my wrists after watching them. They're so depressing. <laughs> and I'm like, or drink tequila. A lot of tequila. <laughs> you could open a video store like the most depressing video store ever. <laughs> it is. It's a collection of every depressing film on this goddamn planet. In- interspersed with movies like Princess Bride. <laughs> <laughs> The okay. last unicorn. Yeah, you need you, you need the little uh, boost of optimism from time to time. You know, you don't want it to be nonstop. <laughs> but uh, you know, my my story with Blockbuster was was similar to yours in that I I was uh, contacted at a much later date after never having been told about it that I had you know that yeah, uh, it's the company I that owed, bought like, Blockbuster in Hollywood. Yeah, chart is looking to collect money. Yeah, well, we were contacted by them about two videos that we had apparently turned in late and never paid, and so the it had snowballed into eighty something dollars, and I was I was pissed. It's like just on principle alone, I was like, I know I turned those in. And I actually went so far as to look up like phone numbers for the Blockbuster, you know, corporate office. And I called, and I was oh, like, yeah. "Who do I talk uh-huh. to about this? How can I talk to a human being that's like this, like somebody who can do something about this? Because I know I turned this in, and you guys never contacted me about it, and now it's turned uh-huh. into this giant fee that I shouldn't have to pay." You know what? Give and- me my two DVDs back. I've more than purchased them. <laughs> we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, <even>. that's <laughs> the funny part. Um, but I, uh, I actually talked to a guy, and this is what this is. It's not. That problem that caused me to turn against Blockbuster because they are at the top of my list as shittiest company of all time. Really? Yes. And I, worse frequently, than I frequently refer to them as Ballbuster instead. I, I've resisted <laughs> doing that because it's kind of childish and I won't do it. But no, please do. Please <laughs> okay, do. So, I like it. <laughs> so I called the Ballbuster uh, corporate office and I, and I got a hold of a guy who was like a manager of you know the, the region, you know, whatever. I, I finally managed to get a hold of this guy. And I explained to him what happened, right? And this guy couldn't have been a more privileged douchebag. I mean, he was such a dick to me about it. You know, he's going, oh, yeah. He goes, I'm sure it wasn't your fault. I'm sure you turned that in and it's complete. I'm sure the company that's used to doing this couldn't possibly have made a mistake. Uh-huh. You know, he's been a total dick to me about it. And, mm-hmm. and at one point, I was like, okay, fine. You know, if you're not going to listen to me, I guess I'll pay it, and then I will never do business with you again. And I'll never forget. It. He was like, "He's like, oh no, what are we going to do if you stop renting videos from us? <sighs> Shut like, down! Oh my god, yeah, I know. That's why all those years later, and I kept going around telling people, I was like, they're not going to be around long, just yeah. because if that guy exists at the Ballbuster corporate office, and yeah, that's typical, yeah. and that was okay for him to do to a customer." Then that is a reflection of their culture, mm-hmm. and that company's dead. Yeah. Well, and I kept walking around. I was I used to go around telling people that in the nineties. You know, this happened in the in the nineties. I was like, uh-huh. they're gone. Eventually, that company is dead. Yeah. When you when you climb the the systemic ladder, yeah. As sooner or later, you're going to find where the buck stops. And when the buck mm-hmm. stops with a someone who has a personality and an attitude like that, yeah. that's an organization that's rotten from the core. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to fall, collapse in on itself because that guy is not only handling customer service like that, yeah. but uh, he's making other 
important decisions, presumably, right. that are based on that similar mentality. And so that's, yep. the, the dynamic is colored by that attitude mm-hmm. of I could give a shit less about the hand that feeds me. Right, you, 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 and people like you are the hand that feeds the corporation, and, it, I, and, and I'm <laughs> glad my wife is not here right now because she would be like going, "Oh my god, let it go already!" Because <laughs> that's like one of the that to me was like one of the most unbelievable experiences I've ever had dealing with any yeah. any business. You know, that was like um, I, I realize I understand they don't give a rat's ass if I rent uh, give, gave a rat's ass back then if I re- rented a video from them ever again, right? But just that attitude, just this corporate right. culture of just, I'm going to go ahead and just tell you that. Right. And I literally personally it's, don't give a rat's ass one yeah. way or the other. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's too transparent because yeah. in our capitalist culture, uh, the, the standard is that uh, they at least put up a facade of caring. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's just violating really basic precepts of the relationship between the corporation and the consumer Mm -hmm. Uh, to be to be honest nothing's changed i mean the corporation still feels feels that way about the consumer but they're never going to admit it well you know and that's basic psychology too i've i've worked in enough customer service and have been told many times that you know just hear them out yeah And, Uh, and a lot of times it's just the customer just wants to get it off their chest and 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 think that somebody in the company has heard them and said, "Oh my God, I can't believe that happened to you," and you know, and then they fix the situation or whatever it is. And that's not the end of the world for them. You know, they could have forgiven this eighty whatever bucks it was that I that I ended up owing for these things. But it was just like, you know, it's just uh-huh. crazy. It's crazy to actually have somebody that combative who wants to just bat it back at me and say. Oh, well, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, I'm yeah. sure it couldn't possibly have been you. <laughs> Blockbuster rented to a nine-year-old Brianna. Yeah. And Brianna either lost, I don't know, Brianna, I think I turned in the video. I don't know. I might have lost it. But they rented to a ten year, nine or ten-year-old illegally. Not supposed to. Oh. Um, and then they decided they wanted to charge me $100 for a rare and out-of-print video <laughs> of a children's <laughs> vampire movie. <laughs> Children's vampire movie. They should have paid you for taking that off their hands. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the ketchup vampires or something like that. I was obsessed with that for like about a minute or two. And then uh, I remember my mom just freaking out about it. And then suddenly it's like they had me go back and explain that the video was gone. And I go back and I think these people realize that, oh, shit, we rented to a 10-year-old. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Because yeah. you're not supposed to give them cards until they're 18. Ooh. <laughs> Uh-huh. And they let it go. Oh, we actually found another copy. You don't owe us any money anymore. Oh, isn't that convenient? <laughs> that reminds me of uh, chucking up property management here in Bellingham. We used to rent from... Oh, yeah. This is, here's our local blockbuster. Yeah. I, um, I, we rented... That was our first apartment when we moved to Bellingham. And when we moved out, they found hundreds of dollars of things that needed to be, quote-unquote, fixed. And repairs uh-huh. and things that oh you didn't change this light bulb that oh, cost that cost twenty five bucks we had a leak yeah. in the roof we had holes in the wall we had broken countertops we had black yeah. mold we had rats yeah, they're, they're, wow they're they're uh, yeah. not as bad as Lakeway yeah. property management or yeah. landmark property management oh my god uh, I live with them too <laughs> don't do it <laughs> but we um I I actually looked up some Washington state laws concerning what they could charge us for and what they couldn't yeah. and I mm-hmm. I wrote them back and said hey. You are aware that you can't charge me for that. That's normal wear and tear. You can't mm-hmm. charge me for this. Yeah. 
and there are laws governing how much. And then they just happened. They sent me back a letter and said, oh, you're right. We didn't realize that was so mm-hmm. thanks so much for pointing that out. And it just happened to come right back down to the exact dollar amount of our deposit. And they were like, uh-huh. "Oh, so it looks like you're covered." So yeah, I guess it's a wash. I know, I know. It's like whole deposit. Yeah, yep. what an odd coincidence that it comes right down to the penny, uh-huh. right to our deposit. Hmm. That's very interesting, Chuck and it. Uh-huh. I was. <laughs> it's like they're they're also on my list. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I my experience with. Uh, uh, property management companies in uh, Bellingham. Mm-hmm. I could, we we could start our own podcast, Rick. Have <laughs> have a regular one hour, and, and you know when you run out of material, I'll just, I'll, I'll just carry it. I'm happy to. <laughs> I've I've got I, a lot of stories. But I don't I don't want to be a wet blanket, but <laughs> no, that's now fine. I'm angry that's fine. And I okay. hate the world. We can talk about something different. How do how about we talk about this? Um, I like this beer, uh, Lagunitas beer that. I have never even seen before. I've ne- certainly never seen a six pack of it. Yeah, I found a individual twelve ounce bottle at uh, Elizabeth Station. Who will plug for the forty millionth time on this <laughs> podcast? Uh, they they, could they be really the should. They really benefactor. should sponsor us. You know, no jointly with Wander, <laughs> they, they could be a sole, our sole benefactor. They're yeah. not. There are plenty of really good sources for beer in this yeah. part of the world, but yeah. uh, they characterize this beer and um, yeah it's Lagunitas let's face it it's they, they call it a, a unique dry hopped sweet tart sour mash ale yeah at 5.7% by volume did they actually say sweet tart sweet tart because um, that's exactly what I thought when I drank it I thought of the sweet tarts the little candies that's what I taste it's very uh, has a sweet tartness oh. to uh-huh. it. <laughs> no, the, like there, there, there's an acid to it, yeah, uh, and and the sweetness as well. Like uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm reminded of like um, passion fruit, but it doesn't have the yeah. the the sweet character of passion fruit. But passion fruit has that really acidic and yet sweet character to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. I don't know that I would rate this really high, um, but no. I don't, I don't hate it's, it. I, I think it's about middle of the road for me. I'd give it about a three, but it's um, it's interesting. I, I don't know what to make of it. I would give it a two point bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a three. I studied math. I don't think there's a number called bizarre. I just I want to break that. There's no notation for bizarre. I want to break that to you gently. I think there's no such thing as a bizarre. It's a, it's a two sub B. <laughs> yeah, so this is good. This is um, I we've had really good beers this this episode. This is good, and uh, this is a good one to end on. I think. Yeah. Uh, so they um, they say that uh, we brewed this in honor of the real Aunt Sally. You know who you are, and you know why. <laughs> Enough said for now. <laughs> There's a real Aunt Sally. Wow. Well, that means they either really, really liked her, or they really needed to drink whenever they were around her. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe she was a sweet tart. Oh. Or maybe she was just a... Never mind. <laughs> they always said sweetheart to her, but they uh, actually <laughs> meant... <laughs> <laughs> Sweet tart. They, they kind of <laughs> said that part into their hand. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, I have an idea before we have our final thoughts here about your wedding. You Earlier, you were talking about who should be the ring bearer. Here's, here's my idea, okay? Okay, shoot. I think you guys should get Peter Dinklage to be your ring bearer. <laughs> just throwing it out there. You guys really want Sean to cry. Make don't that happen. You, you want make to that make I don't my... care about Sean. <gasps> I care about Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Peter Dinklage, but my baby cousin. Okay, you know what? Mm. Okay, no. <laughs> I, I, I think the it, one thing he lives for is being a ring bearer, guys. All right, you know, if whatever. if it Life wasn't <laughs> if if it wasn't for Sean, I would I would very seriously consider it because the money that we spend on food mm-hmm. with the whole red wedding idea, I feel like we could. You please, know, uh, please offer- abandon the red <laughs> wedding theme. It's not a good idea. It really isn't. Wait, where's, where's the it's. Came up with it? uh, I don't know who came up with it, but we need to just sort of leave it at the side of the road and speed off. <laughs> I think the combination of the savings that we could then transfer to, uh, yeah. you know, so, uh, reallocate to, uh, you know, some sort of offering that we could give to Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Uh, in addition to, yeah. you know, the the fact that uh, he didn't participate in the red wedding and the. Um, that's the, true. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Show. Yeah. You know, maybe. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with it, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, and that is my final thought. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> final thoughts. Uh, you know, um, I, I I saw some uh, uh, at least preliminary rumblings that um, uh, uh, a deer and. Um, uh, very special individual may or may not be trying to find a home back here in the northwest and so uh i wish you the best of luck yeah dave good night good night dave night and signing off for this episode i'm lord synthesizer of house robo announcer beer plus three featured rick anderson brie edwards and brandon longwell please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol fueled antics you can find Beer Plus 3 on iTunes, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher, and anywhere else finer podcasts are sold. Also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us at beerplus3 at gmail.com. Good night, Dave. My boobs just need to hurt, and then I'm 100 percent sure. <laughs> like everything else is a check, check, check. Okay, little sore, but not tender. Is that a okay. symptom? Because I might, I might. You might have be. To go see you it. might. Yeah. You might be. <laughs> My boobs hurt sometime in the morning. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff's not here to make comments about his own boobs. I have to do that for him. You're doing a good job. <laughs> you mean you're pouring really well? Okay, oh, now, now, now you go. Now you screwed it up. Good job. No, you didn't screw it up. What are you talking about? Actually, not bad. Yeah. A little bit too much head. Little too, is that too much? No, that's not too much. I think it's too much. Th- that's just the right amount of head. I worked but, at a, I worked but at, I like good head. I worked at a pizza place when I was younger. There you go. You did it. Perfect. Was, the perfect pour. And was taught. Well, then I'll give that to you. I don't know if that's a perfect pour. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll just give you a little splash. There you go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's growing. It's growing. But part of the amount of head comes from when, head. when <laughs> the beer <laughs> first. <laughs> yeah, when it, when, it, when it hits your bottom. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, no. Okay. Oh, no, no. I'm going to take that as a sign that we're ready. <laughs> I, got oh, I have fun. to have a sip. Mm-hmm. I found an article that said, I'm not a fucking millennial, and I feel really good about it. Because <laughs> I'm actually Gen Y. I've always identified Gen Y until I was told I was a millennial. Yeah. And then I gave up. But I'm actually, I found an it's, article that I think says a lot, that. I think a lot of people are confused about the where the well, divisions because I was are. reading the article. It's like there's four institutions that decide what the generations are. Yeah. And they're like, no, it doesn't make sense. Stop that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was just the one book. No, there's a bunch of them. I sent the article to the beer podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. I, with the word redemption in the caption. And here's a uh, here's I'm I'm begging uh, my apologies to Jeff before I'm before I take off on this. So here we go. <laughs> oh, do it unapologetically. <laughs> That's right. Back. Fuck you, Jeff. We can all take turns. <laughs> Welcome to Beer Plus Three. Ooh, we cool. solved. <laughs> doing that voice, please. Coming to you from Bale Snob City. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> oh, no. You guys are creepy now. Stop it. Krusty the Clown. <laughs> Better than the pervert guy from, uh, you know, Family Guy. That's true. Come, coming to you. Coming, coming to you from Beer Snob City. Mm. <laughs> I can usually do that. Do yeah, I make sure you go, mm. Mm. That's right. Oh, good job. Nailed God. it. <laughs> You're nasty. <laughs> okay, ready. Here we go, Jeff. I love you so much. I love you. Oh my god. Do you know why I can do those two voices? Because they're done by the same guy, and apparently I have a very similar voice to him. Because I, mm. I can get those voices pretty close. So. Oh man, Rick, forget, forget this whole IT thing. You would make. Oh, I have to be a voice actor oh now. Oh my god. You're close yeah. to Canada. This is the biggest voice acting place. You know, outside of Hollywood. <laughs> food out of this microphone. Okay, so now here here comes my... Uh, je- oh. <laughs> there is food jammed in this microphone. So every time I play, talk to this microphone, I see this food speck. I'm like... Well, just don't suck on it. Just lick it a little bit. No, okay. No, don't, don't do that. No, you don't want to do that, actually. It's probably a bad idea. Okay, so here we go. I'm not helpful. Excuse me. 